Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning to the 47th episode of the Strong Goo Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Donar, and today I want to talk to you about how we need to be more like dogs and less like ourselves. If we're able to do this, we'll be better able to find the spirit that lives inside us all. I'll get to more of that here in a minute, but if you like what you hear in this episode, please share the love and support by sending this podcast to anyone you know and love. And you can even follow the Strong Goo Podcast for weekly tips and tricks for both mental health and self-development. All right, let's go. What up, my Strong Goo fam? Joe Donar here. Today, I want to talk to you about how dogs might just be the most perfect creature ever since they love so unconditionally without any resentment or animosity. They live completely in the moment and appreciate all things that are available to them. Dogs just love fully with their whole heart and their wild tails. Just think about it. They're never mad at us when we leave them for the day so we can go to work. No. Instead, they're just waiting right by the door we're about to open, greeting us with licks of excitement. Or how about the way they look at us when we're snuggling with them, scratching their bellies, or in my case, petting the shit out of their ears? No matter what, though, they don't get mad at us, and they sure as hell don't hate. Well, except for the mailman, and the Amazon delivery driver, and maybe an occasional mother-in-law, and especially the FedEx truck, because that one might be the worst for my girl Khaleesi. I guess what I'm trying to say is that dogs are fully invested and are present in the moment of each now. When they're tired, they sleep. They don't look for ways like us to stay awake, even though we're usually completely exhausted and know we should go to bed to begin another day. Or when they love, they show it by wagging their tails and appreciating our every presence, unlike most of us who focus on getting what we don't have and not recognizing what's already right in front of us. We probably do these things because most of us are super distracted with our heavy use of digital media It can be said that we have taken multitasking to new heights, but I feel like we're not even multitasking anymore. We're just switching rapidly between different activities that lack our quality of effort. These distractions will always guide us to exhaustion. And this exhaustion, well, it wreaks havoc on our endocrine system, which supports the hormones we secrete. A couple of these hormones are adrenaline and cortisol, and they're designed to support us through bursts of intense activity. But one of the long-term side effects of cortisol, which is produced whenever we feel stress, is that cortisol can knock out and block the feel-good hormones of serotonin and dopamine in the brain. And these two help us make us feel calm and happy. And when we're not calm and happy, when we're instead stressed and worried, this severely affects our sleep, causing us to lose hours a night due to anxiety, where we start believing the make-believe worry that happens inside our heads. It also increases our resting heart rate, making us feel very jittery while making our hearts work harder, which stresses them and makes them break down at a faster rate. It would seem then that this physiological adaptation fostered by our own behavior is a predominant reason for the poor concentration of many of the people today. Man, I think we're onto something here. We are the cause to the effects we feel. The fact that we are the cause of this is paradoxically is actually good news since it gives us the potential and the ability to change our behavior whenever we want, if we really, really want it. So we can reclaim our brain function and cognitive health that's been disrupted by our digitally distracted lives. And this might be actually more important than just improving our levels of concentration because if we're under constant stress, worry, and anger, these high levels of circulating stress hormones have an inflammatory and detrimental effect on our brain cells. And even psychiatrist Edward Bullmore, who wrote in his latest book called The Inflamed Mind, found that there's a major link between inflammation in the body, causing both anxiety and depression. And these two are known to be a central factor in our lack of concentration. 
Finding a way to combat distraction for better concentration is crucial for us to achieve our goals. Because to put it simply, concentration makes life so much easier and totally less stressful because we will be more productive while accomplishing our desires. To make this change means reflecting on what we're doing to sabotage our own personal concentration and then implementing steps towards behavioral change that will improve our chances for concentrating better. This means intentionally reducing distractions and being more self-disciplined about our use of things like social media or conveniently jam-packing each day full of errands and activities. Which, when we do this, is the equivalent of that dog chasing its tail. It feels like you're doing a lot of work, but really, we're just out of breath and we didn't go anywhere. When we start learning how to create more space in our lives, it will help us balance ourselves out for the sake of our physical and mental health. And this space I'm talking about is the space between what we know and what we hope to learn. When we start pulling away from the bad habits we would like to change, we create a void or a blank space, so to speak. In this blank space, we can manifest anything we seriously have a passion for. But remember, it must be felt. Having this positive emotion behind our thoughts is really important because it will always 100% of the time lead to better change and have a positive impact on our growth and character. Before any of this could happen, though, we need to focus with concentration on the ways that we could change our negative behavior so we can make it positive. This will give ourselves an opportunity to form whatever habit we want. And on average, though, it is said that it takes about three weeks for a repeating behavior to form a habit. And I believe this length of time is really dependent on how long we've been conducting the habit we want to change. And from my experience, the older we get, the harder it is to pull away from what we know. Because if anything, the things that we do over time, well, we just do more of because we get really good at it. This is when we can lose control over our own actions to the point where we're now addicted to the habit, good or bad. This is when our one glass of wine a night maybe leads to two, which maybe then leads to three. Or maybe how our appetites grow the more we eat, and the more we eat, the bigger our portions get, thus guiding us into obtaining the weight we want to lose. So in order to give ourselves a chance to change our behavior for the better, we must be able to focus and concentrate on the areas in which we know we need to improve. We also have to realize that forming a new habit will not happen overnight. It never has and never will, and any adaptation will be slow and incremental. We must be able to practice concentration by finding things to do that specifically engage us for a period of time to the exclusion of everything else. Oh, and one thing I want to bring up here is that we just cannot go from a state of distraction to one of concentration in the same way that most of us cannot fall asleep the minute our head hits the pillow. It takes a bit of time and with practice becomes easier to accomplish. And one cool trick that I've learned throughout my years that has helped me increase whatever habit I'm trying to learn is the five more rule. This is a super simple way of learning to concentrate better. And it goes like this. Whenever we feel like quitting, just do five more, five more minutes, five more reps, five more pages, five more attempts, which will always extend our focus while getting us used to something we're not ready for yet. Through extending our practice to the point of discomfort, we get accustomed to the uncomfortable, make it now comfortable and oh so cozy, because now we understand it. This five more rule pushes us to the edge of frustration and helps build our mental concentration. It's a form of training as well as a way of getting something we desire gradually accomplished. When we start learning how to integrate this practice in all facets of life, well, we'll start improving in all facets of life. And when this happens, we will become aware of the results of the work that we've been putting in, which reinforces and validates the effort we've been given. This keeps the ball rolling because now the work becomes the craving and this need to keep pushing the ball forward can only be obtained when we're not in a distracted state of mind. So be a dog. I dare you to be and love like there's no tomorrow. If we're able to do that, and live in the present moment, our possibilities are infinitely endless. 
and our dreams become our reality because now we have the clarity to focus. All right, guys, that's it. The song I'm attaching to this episode is called If I Ever Stray by an artist named Frank Turner. This song talks about how much patience is required when pursuing anything we want in our lives. And so if we're living life distractingly, we will end up straying off our intended course, which is a big no-no. Anyways, though, love happy, my friends. Thanks for listening. And remember, the work is the journey, and the journey will forever be the work. Till next time. Peace. Forgive me, someone, for I have sinned, and I know not where I should begin. And some days it feels like you just can't win, no matter what you do or say. Things didn't kill me, but I don't feel stronger. Life is short, but it feels much longer. When you've lost the fight, yeah, you've lost that hunger to pull yourself through the day. But if ever I stray from the path I follow, take me down.